Sola Scriptura, more Latin, right? (laughs) Scripture alone. If one is to preach, he should be preaching God's word. If we are to teach something as doctrine, then God's word must be the source. Otherwise, from where is this doctrine coming? Who's the source? if it isn't God speaking in his word. 1 Corinthians 2, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And it is this very Holy Spirit who has inspired the word of God. 2 Timothy 3. The sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. From 2 Peter 1. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. God wants to convey his thoughts, message, and who he is to us. The incarnation is solid proof of that. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God clearly wants us to know of him, his salvation, his love and reconciliation for us poor sinners. 1 Peter 1, 2, uh, 12, excuse me. It was revealed to the Old Testament prophets that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. God gives his word. It's a gift. It's a gift for you. Yet it isn't some magic formula or spell, utter these sounds and hocus pocus. We use our knowledge of vocabulary, grammar, and language to hear and understand the sense and meaning of what God says. This is no sleight of hand, though, that I'm using or something like that to place ourselves somehow in a sneaky way above God's word. Well, it really means this, right? In fact, it's the reverse. Words mean what they mean. The grammar won't let a reader become a manipulator of God's word. We don't sit in judgment over the plain sense of the biblical text. 
We cannot and should not change the plain sense simply because contemporary culture won't accept what God's word says. God is always the authority, and he speaks authoritatively through his word. Therefore, then, an attack against God's word, it's an outright attack against God, a blatant violation of the entire first table of the law. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Instead, it is, as 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. It is not God's word that must agree with resolutions of church councils, confessional writings of a church, voters' assemblies, deductions of human reasons, or the science, right? You see, those things must all agree with the clear statements of God in his word. Too often, churchly authorities, councils, confessions, reason, philosophies, private opinions, and inner light enthusiasts have contradicted one another and God's word. There is one authority, God. He manifests himself clearly and unequivocally in his word. And he wants to be known in no other way. The canonical scriptures are a collection of books, written at different times by different men. The Old Testament, written in that beautiful romantic language of Hebrew and Aramaic, right? (laughs) The New Testament, though, in beautiful Koine Greek, right? Lovely. Yet there is only one author, truly, God. God. The scriptures are God's own creation. Again, all scripture is breathed out by God. As Adam was lifeless before God breathed into him, so the prophets and the evangelists and every writer had no authority had not the Spirit breathed into them what they wrote. And while the writers weren't reduced to trance-like zombies, automata, or robots, and while they did retain their own styles and knowledge of what they were doing, This in no way lessens the doctrine of inspiration. God always graciously condescends, and he loves to use means. Because of this inspiration, this breathing in, and the Lord Jesus' testimony concerning the word and the work of the Holy Spirit, we confess the scriptures as God's inerrant authoritative word, In every word of it, verbal inspiration. He has told no lie, and there are no errors. We don't have everything, by the way, though, that God has ever said. Nor do we have plain answers to every single one of our questions. And to be honest, some parts of Scripture 
are very difficult to interpret. Not a lot of them, but there are some. John 21, 25. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. The Bible isn't going to help you repair a car or an airplane. However, it is sufficient for all that is necessary and profitable for us to know God and be reconciled to him and give thanks for cars and airplanes too. John 20, 29-31 Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It is of utmost importance to confess the inerrancy and verbal inspiration of the scriptures. This means that the Bible has no errors. The means, this means that not just the subjects, by the way, the topics, the thoughts, if you will, but the very words, the very forms of the words used are inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who directed the writers not only to write and the ideas, but again, the very words themselves. Scripture can't be broken. John 10. Paul built up an entire inspired argument based on the singular form of the word seed rather than a plural form. So if one denies the verbal inspiration, the inerrancy, or the authority of God's word, then I would say one has listened to the serpent who keeps on asking, did God really say? And when we listen to that tempting but charming to our reason voice, he's tempting us to doubt God's word, to never be sure to give up certainty, and then to deny God and his authority over our way of thinking. And in place, we put up our own idolatry, whatever it may be. We take out parts that we don't like or agree with. We can't, we, then we act as if God's word is dated to the ancient Near East, and it needs modifications for this 21st century postmodern worldview that we're surrounded by. We start breathing in that rather than breathing in God's word. Don't do that. God's word is not malleable. It's not to be manipulated by us. God's words are spirit and life. It's refreshing truth in an age when everyone is grasping around for truth, looking for it. Where is it? It's right there. God's word brings the preaching of Christ crucified for you and for me, for our salvation. And that is the authority that gives meaning, purpose, life, hope, and truth like nothing else in this world. So don't listen to the devil's old playbook, Did God Really Say? 
Instead, believe God at what he has said. He has spoken over you at the font. You are mine, my beloved child. Abide in me and I in you. Take, eat, take, drink. This is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven, as far as east is from west. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered in your place to send away your sins, to promise you eternal life. Now there could be many other things that are said about God's word and all that God has done for you today. But today these words have been spoken that you may know our confession of God's word and be built up in the true teaching of his word. These words have been spoken so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name now and evermore. Amen.